I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to a Cinematic Universe minisode. I'm Seb Patrick and joining me to bridge the gap between our... Superman for the Quest for Peace and Birds of Prey or the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn episodes are, is, I always do that, is, <laughs> singular. <laughs> James Hunt. Um, okay, so we're going to do a catch up on some news uh, because while we did do some news on our Superman 4 episode, there have been a few things that have come out in the last couple of weeks and uh, we've got a couple of new released films coming up imminently, so uh, we probably won't get the chance. So let's let's cover this stuff now while we can, give ourselves something to talk about. Um, first up, we got our first look at the kind of next wave of Marvel stuff, or at least not counting the films, uh, the, the next wave of Marvel stuff that's actually going to continue stuff that was left over from the previous Avengers films, uh, with a 30 second teaser trailer for the Disney Plus shows, um, that was shown during the Super Bowl. Uh, not the most exciting thing that was shown uh, during halftime of the Super Bowl. That, of course, was the Groundhog Day Jeep advert. Was it... Do you really love the idea of Groundhog Day being used to sell cars? Because I, uh, I wasn't that keen. I would have been annoyed about it. Well, I was annoyed about it until I actually watched the advert. And the advert was really good. And the attention to detail was good. And I was like, I'm going to allow this. because. And they actually <laughs> they made it fit the tagline of what they were talking about. So it was acceptable. And there was that Walmart advert that had Alex Winter as both young Bill and current Bill. So I liked that as well. <laughs> good to know yeah except they the the um they kind of the bill and ted twitter account kind of messed that one up because they made everyone think there was going to be a trailer because they said something was coming and it was like no they were just in an advert so i don't know if they messed it up or if they got exactly what they wanted which is people no. were talking about a fucking advert yeah people like us <laughs> all right let's stop talking about adverts and talk about a trailer which is from, from an advert. <laughs> <laughs> yes let's so we got our, our our first looks at all of uh, Loki, well, <laughs> uh, a little bit of Loki, um, uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I keep saying it's, it's the not Captain America show, the show that seems to be all about not being Captain America, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and WandaVision. Um, let's deal with them in what I reckon is increasing order of interest. Um, not interest in the show, but I think interest in terms of what we saw. So Loki, uh, we saw Loki wearing a shirt. Yes, a, sh- <laughs> a shirt with a logo on. Yeah, 
We don't know what that logo is. I mean, it looks like it kind of says TW. No, uh, wait. I know what the logo is. What are oh, you talking do you? about? Oh, yeah. all right. James knows what the logo is. James, tell us what the logo is. <laughs> it's TVA. It's the Time Variance Authority, who you will remember from Dan Slot She-Hulk run. Oh. They are the uh, agency responsible for monitoring the Marvel multiverse, um, who originally appeared in uh, Walt Simonson's Thor run. Um, oh. And got, have been used sparingly, but uh, quite deliberately by writers since. Um, yeah, so they they have the ability to destroy timelines if they think that the sort of errant nature of them is a danger to the multiverse. So that's interesting because, you know, multiverses, mm. if Joe was here, he'd be losing his mind right now. <laughs> um, and obviously it ties in with the idea that this Loki is a sort of divergent Loki uh, from the past, which is something that personally I've not been that keen on because I think if you're going to make a show about Loki, we want it to be about our Loki. This is about a slightly different Loki, right? I mean, it's a slightly different Loki, but I mean, I would see it as a branching Loki. So it's it's a way to get our Loki, but one who's not dead. Yeah, but minus all the character development he had after Avengers, which was quite significant. I mean, well, is it minus all the character development? Do we know it's definitely that one from Avengers? I believe it has been confirmed. Do. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think they'll still... They'll still find a way to, you know, give him some of that personality. <laughs> not that he didn't have personality before, but yeah, that more sympathetic personality. He did not um, seem sympathetic in the clip where he said he's something like, I'm going to burn everything to the ground. Well, he could like, just be, yeah, well, he said cool. this whole place, he could just be really annoyed. Who, who has not felt that about their workplace? And it looks He's like not he's working, working there, he's a prisoner. Well, he's wearing, he's wearing one of their shirts. <laughs> is he working for them or is he their prisoner? That that's was the like, question I was going like to raise. That's like saying Luke Cage was working for Seagate Prison. <laughs> no, that's like saying Stephen Gerrard was held prisoner by Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything about football, but that sounds accurate to me. <laughs> um, I think, well, no, right. He probably is being held prisoner, but, you know, they, to me, it looks like he's, that looks like a work shirt. <laughs> Okay. That looks like a you know a branded piece of work well, clothing. Time will, he could, time he could be an agent for them. Is... Time, time, and multiverses will tell. Okay, I'm I'm unconvinced by your claims. <laughs> well, given that I didn't actually know what it represented until moments ago, uh, I'm willing to accept that your interpretation might be more correct than mine. Thank you. Um, but hey, that was okay. That was more interesting than I thought because I really thought that re- that you know all we were getting was hey, look, it's Loki and he's kind of wearing modern clothes. That looks a bit weird, but <laughs> they obviously haven't you know made very much of this show yet, so that's about all they've got to show us. Yeah. Uh, along with its three logos, there are probably more <laughs> logos, probably more interchanging versions of all those styles of letters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well you know that that's not bad for five seconds or whatever it was of footage. Um, have you got anything? Interesting to pull out similarly from the Falcon and Winter Soldier footage. That is more difficult because as much as I love seeing Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it was basically just here are the Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, it was. I think there's well, there's there's the shot um that shows us um Zemo, which is always nice to see. Mm-hmm. Zemo without his mask, they're obviously holding that back for now, even though we have kind of seen it. 
Um, I saw a lot of people getting very excited on Twitter about that scene with Bucky pointing a gun at Zemo. Um, that that people drawing all kinds of inference about how that's going to be a scene where Zemo's trying to use his code words against him and then Bucky turns on him and blah, 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 blah. And it's like... Yeah, come on! It's a brief shot in a trailer. You can't make too much of an yeah, impression. Yeah, that, that that to um, me smacks of the kind of like, oh, maybe maybe this is happening in this scene, and what they actually mean is someone leaked the script to us, and we know exactly what scene this is from. Ah, uh, right. But, well, this was yeah. uh, so this was people on Twitter rather than an article, but yeah, yeah. maybe they've. they've it would all not seen surprise that. me. Um, I thought I thought there's there's one really interesting shot in this, and this is why I come back to this thing about this being a show about not being Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, that shot of U.S. agent uh, yes. high fiving somebody at a football game. I really like this idea that in this world, post Captain America, the government have gone and basically created a replacement Captain America in the yeah. shape of U.S. I mean, agent. That is, that is absolutely. A fun concept, and that is how U.S. Agent came about in the comics. Like, yeah, he was a replacement Captain America. Yeah, um, yeah, I really love that idea. I can't wait to see U.S. Agent. <laughs> and this, this, you know, yeah, this this kind of you get this feeling that what's going to happen is he's going to be this incredibly sort of as as you you know again I am drawing an inference from an incredibly brief shot, but yeah, this idea that you know they've put him out there and they really 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 hype him, yeah, and then obviously he's not going to be up to the job or he's going to be wrong for it or whatever, but. The idea that, yeah, you know, the government has, or, you know, I say the government, you know, whoever is actually responsible for it, goes all in on, here's a replacement Captain America who is just not up to the job. In the meantime, you've got the two guys who are basically Cap's kind of pair of hand-picked successors who aren't officially Captain America. And that kind of, that face-off, I think, is going to be really interesting. Yep. So, uh, I have yeah. to say, the only thing about, the only big question I have about this is, like, so... So what's happened to Steve Rogers then? Because I can't imagine like eighty-year-old Steve Rogers just sitting by and not <laughs> not getting involved. But at the same time, mm. you can't wheel him out. No, because... I mean he's definitely not going to be in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if there's stuff going on that's about like kind of appropriation of his identity, then. You know, is it like a line of dialogue that says, oh, I spoke to Steve this morning and he's not happy about this. <laughs> I spoke to Steve um, this morning and he's having a nap. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. Like, you, you have to assume they're going to address it in some way. I think the best way to do it is just to kill him off screen and say, like, uh, it's sad he died peacefully in his sleep. But it's, it's what he would have wanted. You... I, it, I mean, it's the thing is, with the natural passage of time... He has to die off screen at some point because he's not. They, they they've given him his ending, so he can't yeah, exactly. die on screen. But equally, they're going to keep on making these films for years and years, and there is going to come a point where where Steve Rogers, old man Steve Rogers, simply cannot be alive in that timeline. But I think, given everything, like even though he has been given that thematic ending, to just kill him off off screen in a line of dialogue. <laughs> I oh, I don't know. It would I, yeah, I agree it would be bad to do that, but <laughs> there's got to be I, something. I sort of think actually. I sort of think one of the reasons they're keeping old Steve Rogers alive is because like at some point they will probably go, okay, we're going to recast Captain America. 
So mm. what you actually do is get old Steve Rogers, de-age him, de-age and say, him here he is, here's the new guy. Actor. And then yeah. that way, if you bring Tony Stark back, you don't have like multiple people getting suddenly resurrected because you say, well, that wasn't a resurrection. That was a de-aging. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to suggest similar, but actually just that, uh, you know, in a few years' time, they might drive a dump truck full of money up to Chris Evans' house and get him back again and de-age him <laughs> that way. But equally, yes, it, that absolutely could be their pretext for recasting. And I think that's the most likely scenario. It's certainly the most comics-y scenario, not least because it has literally happened in the comics, but yeah. also, in general, it's ha- not just with Captain America, it's happened time and time again, the rejuvenation of characters in order to keep them going past the point where mm-hmm. they otherwise would have. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> Everyone look at Magneto. <laughs> Famous <laughs> concentration camp escapee Magneto. Is there... I mean, I, I feel like I've asked this before, but like in, in current comics continuity, is he still supposed to be that age? Uh, well, or have so, they shifted the timeline for Magneto? Um, the, there was a character called The Stranger who de-aged him to a baby for a while. Um, and then at Convenient. some point re-aged him into an adult, or he was re-aged into an adult. Uh, so as it stands at the moment... Moira McTaggart. Right. So as it stands, he can still be... So he did still live through that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And at some point, I feel like they might have to introduce some kind of, um, you know, cryogenic suspension episode into mm. his backstory. We're even going to reach a point where, like, Tony Stark, like, the Afghanistan war is going to have been too long ago for Tony Stark. I mean, the good thing about uh, humanity is that there's always an appropriate (laughs) war to plug the Punisher into or Tony Stark into. Um, Professor Xavier and uh, Kane Marco fought during the Korean War. (laughs) So I'm not sure what current continuity on that is, but, you know, I'm sure they can figure it out. Um. But yeah, the you know, with the sliding timeline of Marvel comics, you just have to hand wave a few things away, and the movies will learn this soon enough. Mm. I mean, they've already learnt it to an extent because what the present day in the movies is like twenty twenty three or something. <laughs> yeah, something I, like I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I think at the rate that films get produced, they they will catch up with that. Um, but it is strange <laughs> that they did a five year jump and didn't reverse it. But good. Um, so then on to I think the the stuff where kind of the, the the show where I think most of the the more interesting visuals come from. I mean I don't think these visuals tell us a lot that we hadn't already figured out about Wandavision. Insert the theme tune here. Um, but I think they certainly show us more about. Well, I think they confirm a lot of things that we'd suspected about it and they show us some really cool visuals of a lot of different versions of uh, Elizabeth Olsen as various different eras and styles of sitcom character <laughs> I mean not just sitcom character either oh if, oh yes of course yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, what I've already seen described by uh, the kind of people who have always complained about her not having that costume um, I've seen complain about it looking like bad cosplay. I mean, they're not incorrect there, but that's sort of the point, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But How do you feel about finally com- seeing the, yeah. the Scarlet Witch headdress on screen? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it looks about as good as it was ever going to look, right? 
uh, I actually there, there's a version of that costume that was used by um, uh, Kurt Busiek and George Perez, where instead of a giant box, she has like a headband. <laughs> that works a lot better, and it's it's sort of closer to that. Mm. I mean, this isn't supposed to look serious. This isn't supposed to be a serious reimagining of uh, <laughs> a, a famous Marvel comics. No, uniform, just in just in it? case you were confused about <laughs> about that, like <laughs> this is not supposed to be um, a potential actual costume for her. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we see kind of throughout as well kind of looks that are sort of, you know, kind of black and white 50s kind of inspired, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like 60s or early 70s uh, and then a kind of 80s-ish look as well. Um, definitely seems to be something in the, the region of something's going on in somebody's mind and there's a kind of brief moment as well that looks like a kind of snapping out into reality because there's a moment where she's dressed kind of normally in, and she's in colour and everything else around is the black and white and Vision's there in his in his cardigan, <laughs> which um, I, I do really <clears throat> like um, the, the the way they've kind of gone for that look with Vision and sort of really just kind of <laughs> dropping him into the suburban comedy look yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> a la the Tom King series. Um, I mean, I don't think plot wise this is gonna I think you can I think you can look to the Tom King and Gabriel Walter series as an inspiration for kind of tone and kind of visual style. Um there's no way that this remotely can have anything resembling the same plot as that series. <laughs> that so if you're looking for that series, series to see what this is going to be about. Um yeah I was, some somebody asked me the, the other day to summarize what that comic was about and all I could really say was um, Vision decides to to try and better understand humanity by creating and living with uh, a family made up of versions of himself. It goes really, really badly. <laughs> yes, that is accurate. It's a great series, though. You should go and read it yeah. if you like Vision. Um, yeah, but it is really, really dark and <clears throat> depressing. <laughs> so the thing I was going to say is, have you noticed in one of those shots it looks like she might be pregnant? I didn't Which there's one the where she's kind of um 60s ish oh hard, I see what you, it's, yeah. yeah it's after they're in the wedding outfit yes i can see the exact shot that yeah. you mean and i can't tell if it's ah right now if you freeze it i couldn't tell if it was like angle of just the outfit being loose but actually no you're right if you if you actually look at it in motion and yeah. when she turns around yeah she looks pregnant Explain to us why a pregnant Scarlet Witch uh, <laughs> might have relevance. So, <laughs> the the Scarlet Witch and Vision, um, using Scarlet Witch's reality-bending powers, managed to have children. Um, those children disappeared because they turned out to be the result of a sort of evil magical influence. But that... that occurrence uh caused Wanda to lose her mind and go around altering reality um mm. later on those children she used her powers to bring those children back and they became the young avengers uh wiccan and speed uh wiccan is a sort of you know a kind of magical warlock type character um and speed is basically uh, Quicksilver, who, as you will remember, <laughs> is the Scarlet Witch's brother. Basically, w- Wiccan and Speed are mini Scarlet Witch and mini Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah. It will be interesting to see 
if they're actually setting those characters up as characters, because there are quite a lot of Young Avengers characters sort of kicking around the periphery of the MCU now. Mm. Feels sort of inevitable that we're going to get that movie. Yeah. Um, or TV series. Whether that's a good thing, I'm not entirely sure. It's sort of... So I was wondering, what do you think is going to happen with the next Avengers movie? Do you think it's going to be a Young Avengers movie where they get in a few of the old people and, like, plug in all those kids? Um, So, like, Cassie Lang, uh, Kate Bishop, Wiccan and Speeds. Like, do you think that's going to happen? Not not that soon, I don't think. Yeah, because that's my feeling. I I sort of don't think they're going to want to do the Young Avengers as a brand. I think they're more likely to call it champions if they're going to use those characters. Mm. Um, I mean, I sort of do wonder where they're going to go with another Avengers movie. Like, I think it's going to be a long time until they do it. And actually, the number of characters they've got makes it really difficult to do one at the moment. Part of me wonders if they're going to do, like, different strands and have new Avengers and secret Avengers. Mm. Because there are a lot of sort of espionage-type characters you could plug into a secret Avengers movie. Um, And there are a lot of overpowered, like, showy superheroes you could do a new Avengers movie with. It's weird, because from the point of view of the sort of, you know, do you use the brand or do you not, I think there are pros and cons. It's like... It's really difficult now to to put together a new team, certainly from the characters that they have at their disposal at the moment, mm-hmm. and say, this is the Avengers, because people know who the Avengers are, and I think it's fair to say, as, as much as we may like individuals of those characters, um, there's nobody kind of left kicking around at the moment with the possible exception of Thor, and Thor's not really in a position to be one of them, um, that I think hold up the Avengers in the way that having Cap and Iron Man, and I think Black Widow as well, Mm -hmm. um, did. It's like you you really need big, established, well-loved characters to replace them, and I don't think they've got those at the moment. Yeah, although, Um, just quickly, on that point... That could quite easily be um, one of the, you know, plot threads in the film. Mm. Because that has happened in the past. Like, they, you know, traditionally they bring out a new Avengers team. uh, They do a little press conference and they say, here's your new Avengers team. And typically people go, these guys aren't the Avengers. And, you know, that team proving themselves is part of the thread of the story. Um, I mean, typically... Typically, an Avengers team would have at least one of Thor, Cap, and Iron Man on. Mm. And if they don't, it sort of lacks uh, legitimacy in some way. I think that's the thing. And I I think, as I say, I am thinking kind of in a sort of to the general public sense. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, what you say about the idea of a story where, yes, the whole point is that people don't think that these are the real Avengers and then they ultimately become it. That's fine as a story <laughs> yeah, and, and a good story. Not as a marketing tactic. <laughs> yeah, you can't go into the film saying these guys aren't the real ones. And so as I say, so I think from that point of view, using it is dangerous. On the flip side, not using it is dangerous because it is still the brand by which these films... I know they, you know, they stick things like Marvel's whatever in front of it, but really, again... 
to that 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 wider public that that breaking out of the people who know about this stuff i think i think mcu still you know doesn't really have the same meaning to a to a wider audience avengers mm-hmm. is what they're known by and to just to basically say for five six years or more there's not going to be an avengers movie because we don't have an avengers team that's dangerous i mean so that's why i sort of wonder if maybe they'll go the route of saying like okay here are the secret avengers here are the Mm, new avengers exactly then they're not saying use it in different ways yeah Yeah. they're not saying here are the avengers they're saying here are some avengers Mm. in which case you might get young avengers as a brand maybe maybe yeah I sort of not... talked myself around to that. <laughs> you have, yeah. <laughs> it's almost as if you were trying to make that point. But you're actually Young Avengers TV series point. coming soon then, I guess. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, this is the TV series that we have got. Um, I, I I, just, yeah, I, you know, from the glimpses that we get here and from everything we've heard about it, I really, really like the look of this. I, I think the, the production design and everything that we see in this you know, it instantly looks interesting. It pops out. It looks so different mm-hmm. from the Falcon and Winter Soldier clips, just in terms of the colour and everything else. I think as well, it's fair to say that in the films so far, we haven't had, I think, the best of what Elizabeth Olsen is potentially capable of. Yeah, that is more and than this, fair. <laughs> yeah. And I think this seems to be designed around giving her finally room to stretch and mm-hmm. to actually do something with that character and to be as good as i think we know that she can be yeah. so um yeah as as kind of a showcase for her and as a way of kind of building and boosting that character um i think this could be great mm-hmm. i mean all three of these shows look great um yeah it's interestingly actually i think um all of the shows have something that I'm really looking forward to. So I think mm. Loki, Tom Hiddleston, you know, I'd turn up to watch him do anything. Yeah, but Tom much. Hiddleston playing that character again is such a home run. Yeah, exactly. They do like, it. even that trailer, like, the, those couple of seconds, like, absolutely electric. Um, Division. let's remember, this is the show in which Kat Dennings will reappear. Oh, yes, yeah. Not in the trailer, because, you know, you've got to keep something back to hook people. Yeah, um, but she tweeted about it. She did tweet about it, uh, and Captain America, and uh, you know we're going to keep calling it that, aren't we? Yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the show about not being Captain America. Yeah, that feels like the one that's going to move the narrative on. Like it feels like a sort of sequel to Endgame in a way that maybe the others aren't. Yeah, and and it's that you know we talked about it before that you know that that you know the my favourite narrative in these films is that cap narrative through um, mm-hmm. you know Winter Soldier, Civil War, um, and then Infinity War and Endgame. So yeah, sort of any any pickup of that, I'm definitely looking forward to, and and obviously as well, Zemo, um, more Zemo, and Zemo getting the mask. Yes, you know massively on board for that but yeah i think the falcon and the winter soldier it's such an awkward title can we just call it anti-cap no (laughs) no we cannot it's about it's about the (laughs) anti-cap that's what i'm going to start calling us agent um so we've got we also then got so separately from the trailers uh we've had reported confirmation of uh um i was going to say 
broadcast dates. That's not right, is it? Release dates, whatever whatever it's called when it's streaming. Um, so Falcon and Winter Soldier is coming first. It's apparently going to be in August this year. Then it's December for WandaVision. And then Loki is going to be at some point in 2021. But we don't know yet. I would imagine, you know, kind of first quarter. Because that seems to sort of imply one per quarter for the shows. Yeah. Uh, as a batch. So, uh, yeah. And that's, I think as well... Um, They'll, because yeah, they'll. I, I, it would seem to make sense to have all of them come out before Doctor Strange arrives. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be any direct link between Loki and Doctor Strange, but it very much feels like these shows are a mini phase that will come between movies. Because I don't think are there. I mean, I'm, I get lost on release schedules, but are there any movies scheduled between August and whenever Doctor Strange is supposed to come out? Um, not that I'm aware of but I'm far from well versed in release dates either again am I being stupid is Black Widow the only MCU film due out this year Eternals oh Eternals of course that's (laughs) that's why I couldn't remember because it was the bloody Eternals (laughs) you never know it could be the new Guardians of the Galaxy don't forget to remember the Eternals that's the tagline (laughs) yeah Man, man who does regular podcast about comic book movies partly titled after Marvel Cinematic Universe does not know when all the Marvel Cinematic Universe films (laughs) exist. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right. So, yeah, so that's our that's our Disney Plus next step. Wow, I wondered if we were going to have enough news things to talk about for half an hour, and we've talked about one of them for <laughs> half an hour, so... Well done on that one. Let's treat everything with that level of respect. Yes. Well, 
let's veer into a completely different direction uh, for the next major thing that we were going to talk about. And this is one for, for me to sit back because James can talk about this. Rosario Dawson is going to play the lead role in HBO's pilot of an Ava DuVernay helmed adaptation of DMZ. Uh, the was it was it Vertigo? Uh, it was Vertigo, it was a Vertigo yeah. series, um, written by Brian Wood, and it's not reported in the Deadline article because it's a movie website's article about a comic. So James, who drew it? Uh, Ricardo Ricardo Bercelli. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Ricardo Bercelli. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I kind of want to stop before I let you explain about DMZ. I think we kind of preface this a little bit. Quite interesting to see big news about a Brian Wood adaptation. Um, Brian Wood is a little more difficult to talk about now with enthusiasm than he might have been a few years ago yeah. when we were really big fans of his comics. Um, it's one of those where uh, there's not a sort of an actual, you know, I don't know how to put this really. <laughs> he's been accused of some things. He's, he's been accused of things. He's been accused of things to enough of an extent that I think people would reasonably believe the things that have been accused. Equally, he hasn't been it's not like he hasn't been accused of any criminal. So there's nothing that he would be convicted of. But uh this the the accusations and stories that have come out about Brian Wood have made it rather more difficult to be an enthusiastic cheerleader for his work in a way that we might have been years ago, particularly given that his work has always revolved so heavily around good portrayals of young female characters. Yeah. Turns out um, he was... Uh, I guess allegedly... I think I think our lawyers will support us on this one. His feminism was very much theoretical and not practised. And performative, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that evidently hasn't stopped... Uh, an adaptation being pressed ahead with some pretty big names involved. Yeah, well, <laughs> so it's... I, I should say um, part of the reason this is happening, I think, is because because um, it's a Vertigo book. DC actually own the rights or Warner own the rights. So it's mm. not like he's done this himself. It's not a creator. It is creator owned, but the media rights uh, are owned by Warner. Yeah, and this is a, this is a Warner production for HBO. Yeah. So, um, but... Yeah, I mean, James, you've been enthusing about DMZ, I think, for almost as long as I've known you. Um, so yeah, explain I, why. I loved it at the time. Um, again, as you say, it's really hard to recommend books like this because what you know, why would you recommend the work of someone who is, by all accounts, awful, having mm. learned that they were awful? Um, but nevertheless. Um, DMZ is a story about a United States that has undergone a a new civil war um, with specifically New York becoming a kind of separatist state. Um, and Manhattan is the DMZ. So, you know, it's essentially lawless uh, with a war taking place on it. Um, back when it was released, it was kind of like imagining... Hey, you know that stuff that's happening to Baghdad now? Imagine if that happened to the United States. These days, I imagine the political significance or the political uh, relevance of it is going to be played hmm. a lot differently. 
It's a it's a little bit like when we talked about Ex Machina, isn't it? It's like yeah. the, the these are these are these comics. Bush that era were, comics, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say yeah because DMC is from quite a similar time, isn't it? It's it like is. early early two thousands. Yeah. So it's yeah, <laughs> these comics that react to a political time that in such a short space of time is incredibly different from the one that we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we'll presumably have to adjust accordingly. Yep. Um, but I mean, as as a comic, I really enjoy it. Um, it has a really good sense of New York geography, which I like. It's got some really fun, interesting ideas. It's got a good narrative. Um, the The major reason Rosario Dawson being cast is interesting is because the protagonist in the comic is a, a white guy called Matty. Um, I forget his surname. But he, he's a reporter. Mm. And he goes into the DMZ to you know figure out what's going on. And gets involved in all kinds of bad stuff. Uh, so, in making the TV series, they've obviously said, "Well, let's let's change the perspective. Let's make the star of the show um, a Latina woman." Yeah, so she's Sounds playing a medic called Alma Ortego, yeah. who goes on a harrowing journey of saving lives while desperately searching for her lost son. Does that like? Is that a thread anywhere in the comic? Is that like a minor character from the comic who's been expanded, or is does that sound completely original and unconnected? Um, <laughs> I wish I could remember. I don't remember <laughs> that character. It's, there are a lot of side characters in it, um, so it's entirely possible there's a version of her in the in the comic as it was published. But like I say, the the lead in the in the comic is a a sort of reporter in his twenties who's a bit of a douchebag and you know sort of a trust fund kid like his parents are rich and he's trying to trying to prove himself um so this is going to be a radically different take there's certainly nothing about the <laughs> looking for a family member or anything in there. I'm I'm almost tempted to say that the protagonist is a sort of thinly veiled version of Brian Wood in the comic. But <laughs> I was going to say, as soon as you said it was a white guy who was a journalist, like a reporter, mm. I was like, mm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it sounds sounds like it's going to be an interesting TV series. I will probably watch it because Rosario Dawson. Yeah. And the fact that Rosario Dawson in New York. <laughs> yep, I mean both things that I love, uh, and crucially, Brian Wood will probably not be getting any money from it above what he's already had. So fair enough. I mean, yeah, there 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 wasn't anything in the report that even talked about you know whether he was going to be like a producer on it or or anything like that. So, um, so as an interesting postscript to to this story, um. One of the women who accused him of uh, behaving, accused Brian Wood of behaving uh, improperly towards her, is improperly to <laughs> to um, tame. I mean, the I mean, there was there have been differing levels of accusation ranging from being a being a creep towards people while married to and pretty much full on sexual harassment. Yeah. And yeah, this more, the more recent accusations were of pretty much full-on sexual harassment yeah sexual assault i believe yeah is how i've seen it described um yeah again without wanting to say anything that gets any lawyers onto us 
Uh, but anyway, so uh, Laura Hudson, who is the edi- former editor-in-chief of Comics Alliance, mm. um, was one of the people who made one of these uh, claims. And she was, following that, she was actually hired by Ava DuVernay to work as a staff writer on the show. That is fascinating. There's, <laughs> there's sort of a, there's kind of a poetic justice in that, I think. Which, to me, shows, like, DuVernay... I don't think she's spoken publicly about the things Brian Wood has been accused of. Mm. But in hiring his accuser, she sort of makes it plain, like, not only do I believe what she said, I'm Mm. going to turn your bad behaviour towards her into a positive thing and give her the opportunities that, you know, you sort of interfered with in the past mm. that's that is remarkable yeah <laughs> uh, you, one can only imagine how brian wood feels about that but frankly i'm not that bothered about his feelings no and i mean that that rather does drive home um the um uh, the the thought that he must have absolutely nothing to do <laughs> with this <laughs> yeah i mean no you know what it like to feel powerless mate but that is because it, it's interesting because it's like, but you still, you know, the, the the show will presumably carry his name as a credit. And it's not like, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, it feels to me, particularly if they're changing the characters, like something where you could just be doing something that has a similar premise. And people might say, oh, that's got a similar premise to that comic by that douchebag. But like, you, it would be different enough that you don't have to actually be using the name of it um this is this is like a good version of what they've done with the watchman tv show <laughs> in terms of trolling the creator by saying yes we we own this work and we're gonna we're gonna kind of turn it against you yep um yeah wow i mean that just that in itself does make me more that kind of because my initial thought when i saw this was oh someone's doing a tv show of a brian wood comic that's you know kind of a bit more than he deserves but um <laughs> yeah <laughs> all of a sudden now okay that makes sense yep um so yeah one one to potentially look forward to um one more bit of news i just want to quickly um look at because i just think it's it's an interesting one to explain I, my kind of interpretation of the thinking behind this um but we've had um some casting news and character descriptions um, for the Super Sons, who are going to appear in the Superman and Lois TV show that's coming to the CW. This is going to be another CW show that, when it starts, I get really excited about and watch for a bit, and then eventually there are too many episodes and I fall off it, but I will definitely be there for the start of <laughs> or it. Or potentially you can watch three quarters of a four-part crossover. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so part of the premise of this show is going to be um, that that Clark and Lois have two sons. Um, now, apparently, they, they, so they have already appeared in the in the shows. So in the Elseworlds crossover, uh, they had they had Jonathan as a baby, uh, which is in line with comics continuity because in in for the last few years in DC Comics, Clark and Lois have had a son, John. Uh, similarly in line with comics continuity he was aged up as a result of the crisis but actually now there are two of them so they've got two teenage boys uh named jonathan and jordan 
evidently Jordan, as in Jorel. That's uh, I would think, but <laughs> is that it? Well, yeah, it's, is that, that evidence. That's, that's, well, that's what Alan Moore did in Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Okay, I'll allow his, it then. Uh, um, Superman changes his name to Jordan Elliot at the end of that story. So okay. I'm 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 taking that as those two boys are named after Clark's two parents, two fathers rather. Um, you know, I don't know why neither of them are named Sam. I don't know, you know, why Sam Lane doesn't get a look in. But <laughs> there you go. Sam Lane's a douche. Well, he is. Yeah. Um, now, the interesting thing about this is, obviously, you know, people are describing them as being like the Super Sons, and the Super Sons is a concept that goes all the way back to, I think, Silver Age comics, or possibly Bronze Age, where, uh, you know, stories of a... I don't know if they were Earth 2, or if it was... It was a possible future where Batman and Superman had sons, and those sons were, like, you know, younger versions of Superman and Batman. Um, in recent comics, one of my favourite things that DC has done has been to take uh, Jonathan Kent, who is every bit the kind of son of Superman that you would expect in terms of being like wide-eyed and optimistic and bright and chirpy and likeable, uh, and Damian Wayne, um, the son of obviously of Bruce, of Bruce Wayne and Talia Al Ghul, who I still can't believe that like Damian Wayne has been around in comics for like nearly 15 years now it's like when he was first introduced in grant morrison's batman run it was like this character is obviously not going to stick around because batman (laughs) can't possibly have an (laughs) incontinuity son son. and he's been around for 15 years now and not only that has been genuinely one of my favorite characters in dc comics in that time that's funny because it because it means like damian wayne has been around now for longer than tim drake had been around when i started reading comics yeah. I mean, I was I was thinking about this recently because I, I was trying to work out that we are going to hit a point. It's not yet. It's a few years away, I think. But we're going to hit a point where Dick Grayson has been not Robin for longer than he was Robin. Because he shows up as Robin in 1940. Mm-hmm. I think he became Robin... He became Nightwing in about, I think, about 1982, maybe? Um so we're really not that far away from hitting 42 years or whatever it is uh, since... I'm just going to check that. Oh, no, so it's not. It's 1984, actually, that, that he becomes Nightwing. So we've got a few years. I think it's, what's that, 2028? 20, mm-hmm. That's that's when we'll hit the point where... where but yeah, Damien has been Robin for, I think, now longer than Tim. Yep. Um, or if not, that's close. Um, but as I say, you know, he's he's always been a fun and entertaining character because he's, you know, a kid who was raised by the League of Assassins and who was, like, just really bratty and unpleasant when he was first introduced, but because of the way he was raised, was also raised to have this enormous respect for Batman and Bruce Wayne, and so he performs a... Hang on, what's what's the right term? Face turn? Is a face turn the opposite of heel, a heel turn? Heel turn? It must be. Oh, face no, turn. Heel, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. heel turns when you go bad, so face turns when you go good. Yeah. Because um, basically, Talia sends him to live with Bruce for a bit, basically to fuck with Bruce, because Damien is raised by assassins and is a complete nutter. And Damien surprises <laughs> everybody by actually buying into this idea of a war on crime and becoming completely dedicated and driven to it. Now, he approaches it in a completely different way, and Batman has to say to him, like, look, you can't kill people. But ever since then, the fun thing about Damien has been that he is completely and totally dedicated to the Batman cause, but, you know, 
pursues it in a different way and is a bit of a loose cannon and you know talks in a weird way because of how he's been it's, it's just like when they then put him alongside jonathan kent obviously like complete diametric opposites of characters and that brilliant dynamic of the fun happy-go-lucky one who immediately declares that they're best friends and the grumpy one who will never admit that they're best friends but knows that deep down they actually are <laughs> and we've got some really great comics out of that both in the in the superman run by uh, written by peter tomasi and uh drawn by patrick gleason and uh then they got their own series, Super Sons. Anyway, the reason why I'm talking about Jonathan and Damien specifically is that the report on the casting of these two actors to play these characters says, um, so Jordan Elsass will play Jonathan, who is described as clean-cut, modest and kind-hearted with an oh shucks attitude that somehow doesn't seem dated. Uh, whereas Alexander Garfin, um, who's best known for voicing Linus in the Peanuts movie from a few years ago, uh, will portray Jordan, who is wildly intelligent, but his mercurial temperament and social anxiety limits his interactions with people, and consequently Jordan prefers to spend most of his free time alone playing video games. And I mean, apart from the video games part, like that is basically Damien Wayne. So what they're doing is, because they can't do a show with Jonathan Kent and Damien Wayne... They are instead, they've turned Damian Wayne into the other son of Lois and Clark. Um, and that could get irritating. Like, that's going to be a CW show um, with these two <laughs> teenage characters in it. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm interested there because I like those characters from the comics. Um, so, you know, that, that gives me a level of interest in that show, I think. Yeah, sounds good. I won't watch it, but it sounds good. No. Well, as I say, if if I drop off it, then I can just occasionally ask Caroline what's happening in it. Because <laughs> she might keep up with it. Because it is effectively a Supergirl spin-off. Yeah, so. fair. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's pretty much it. As I say, we've actually spent about twice as long talking about all of that news as I expected to. So um, <laughs> that's all right, isn't it? Um, we're going to be back, depending on when this gets released, probably about a week or so after this gets released, we'll have got round to seeing and then actually doing an episode on Birds of Prey. Uh, which at the time that we record this seems to be getting pretty positive reception. Yeah, so looking forward to quite it. Quite looking forward to that. Um, something else that we are like about to record, um, if you uh, have been yearning for like extra material on our Patreon, um, we're going to start doing mini bits of comics-related discussion that relate to uh, the films that we're about to cover. So again, don't know if it'll have come out by the time this comes out, but before we actually release the Birds of Prey episode, there'll be a little Patreon mini bonus bit that relates to Birds of Prey in some way. And we're going to look to keep on doing those as a kind of tie into the main episode. So if you don't already subscribe to us on Patreon, that is potentially a reason to do so. So you can head over to patreon.com slash cinematic universe to do that. If you don't do that, that's fine. We'll just see you on the next main episode. See ya. Goodbye. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.